says, get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Tip Sheet Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. Joining me to break down what has been an absolutely mammoth day of football. It's the annual Super Saturday in the preseason. We put an emphasis on the Super. It's my good mate, 60s. We're out there to start uh, the junior reps early in the morning, mate. We've just wrapped it up with the NRL trial against the Penrith Panthers. We're going to talk some footy in this podcast, but how are you holding up after all that football and all that sun? Mate, what a day it was out there at Kellyville. I, I don't know how you got through it. Your laptop was overheating. It was actually you overheating, were, <laughs> yeah. We were all overheating there on the sideline. I'm going to say it. I, when, as soon as I got home, I pretty much jumped in the pool and cooled off for about uh, about an hour before I started looking at football again. So it was one of those days. It was good to get out and watch some footy, but it was also good to be able to get out of the sun eventually. Yeah, it was absolutely scolding out at Kellyville. The, when I got into the car to get back home, mate, the, I know that it's, it overstates it because the car has been baking in the sun, but it was 45 degrees on the car thermostat there. So very, very warm out at Kellyville. We'll talk about those games later. Let's start with the NRL, mate, where the Parramatta Reels took on the Penrith Panthers out at Blue Bet Stadium, Penrith the Panthers prevailing 22-16 to 16 across a, a game. It must be said it was still very, very hot out there with the, the thermometer just shy of 40 at the start of the game and then going down to a very mild uh, 31 or 32 by full time, I think. Uh, but we had four tries to three in favour of the home team there uh, for the Penrith Panthers. Luke Summerton, Tom Jenkins, Jesse McLean and Logan Cohen scoring. Kurt Falls going three from four off the tee and also missing a field goal on the stroke of full time for the Eels. Zach Sini got the first try with Isaac Lumily touching down after that and then Sini completing a double in the 78th minute. Sean Russell, two from three, off the kicking tee. Uh, team stats here, very even, mate. Uh, at least in the initial pass of the uh, team stats from Fox Sports, uh, who I believe provide them to the NRL for this game. You got 50% possession between the two teams. Uh, there is four seconds difference in time of possession between the two teams. Uh, completion rate, 68% apiece, 30 of 44 for the Panthers, 28 of 41 for the Eels. Uh, Parramatta uh, slightly ahead on run metres by about uh, 25, 30 metres there. Uh, well ahead on post-contact metres though, but Penrith with the edge and line breaks, 4 to 3. Tackle breaks likewise just ahead in their favour, 25 to 22. But the average set distance and the average play the ball speed also within negligible margins of difference. So that's probably reflective of the final scoreline, although Penrith were probably the better team in terms of taking their opportunities throughout the, uh, I'd say, most of the early stretches of that game. Uh, the Penrith Panthers offloading more than the Eels 10-7, to uh, being better at kick defusal. That's not a surprise. They were more polished on both sides of that in terms of kicking and defusing. Um, and then in terms of the defensive efficiency, both teams, again, very close. Penrith slightly better. Uh, they're a tick under 91%. The Eels a tick under 89.5%. Uh, but not too dissimilar there in terms of the individual player performances. Well, we can talk about them as you want, 60s, but there are some standouts. There are some uh, disappointments too, which I think we can talk about in a game where, most importantly, the Parramatta Eels got, uh, got away without any serious injuries. I mean, some guys are probably going to be a bit bruised and banged up as you'll want to be in a football game, but at least no one had an obvious you know, uh, injury we're going to have to deal with long term. Yeah, mate, it was one of those games where I just wish there was a stat that showed the speed of the play because if we're talking about the speed of the play, that's where Penrith had it all over us. It was disappointing for me to watch because I've watched a pre-season where the Eels have focused on having sharper execution, sharper, um, sharper pace at which they play the ball. Now, don't get me wrong. This is just a trial, and we know that trials don't count for anything. See Penrith being beaten by us like 30-odd points to nil last year in the trial. Uh, and the other thing, too, is teams are going to show their hand. I can tell you right now, I, I didn't see too much of the, of the shapes or plays that the Eels have worked on during the, the preseason. We never do when they come out in the preseason. It's always just pretty much a... a 
really basic play that they work towards. But I was I still have to say that I was disappointed with the pace at which we played the ball because you didn't have to do anything to play at some sort of pace. And you know, you can't avoid the fact that um, you know, that direction in attack and the pace of the play is dictated by the halves. And I don't think our halves did a great job no, in attack. No, I think it it is more than fair to say that both Rankin and Arthur had pretty substandard performances by by their high personal standards, sorry, uh, in this game. Number of drop balls, poor kicks, uh, errant passes, just, you know, sort of the full smorgasbord of uh, suboptimal halves played there. Um, and then it must be said that in reply, Penrith were extremely opportunistic. They maxed out on their chances. Uh, Tom Jenkins, he, it, was, no, it was a Jesse McLean try, wasn't it, where uh, an errant Wirrimoo Greg pass was uh, hoofed ahead and then towed ahead a second time, allowing McQueen to score on the stroke of half time. Um, and yeah, just, it wasn't crisp. That's not surprising. Uh, I suppose what will be more frustrating will be some of the early defensive areas, uh, defensive errors, sorry, from senior players. I, know, I think it was Ogden and Madison uh, that parted for the Luke Summerton try early on with Sean Russell also missing in the last line. That's not going to be pretty. I think uh, Momus as well was um, just a, he was beaten in that run for the uh, yep. that first try as well. And so we, we can talk about Jura too because he came into this game. I mean, the burden of expectation can always be a bit harsh, but he looked like he'd edged ahead of Matt Dory, but he didn't take his opportunity today, did he? He, he really missed out on uh, a chance to seal that starting berth on the right edge for round one. Yeah, where where I was disappointed was he looked a bit at sea in the lines that he was running yeah, outside yeah. of Jake Arthur. There were some really In fact, awkward he moments. was almost he he looked really awkward. He, he was almost running into Jake at different times. Now that made both players look pretty ordinary in that first half. But then when you get to the second half, I thought Tony Mattaelli was he was running some nice lines yeah. off Jake on that right hand side, and that was something that I said to watch out for uh, this year in the. New South Wales Cup was the combination of Matt Aieli and Arthur on the uh, on that right side, but then also Matt Dury, uh, and you can see that the break that was scored, uh, the try that for the try that was scored by the second Zach CD Seen, try, yep, yeah, where it was again the line that was run by Matt Dury off Jake Arthur, uh, and uh, the long break that uh, Dury was able to make on the back of that now. Again, that has to do with that the the line that's being run, and you know if, if all players need their runners to to be able to hit those holes to hit the great lines, the runners can make ball players look so much well, better or so much worse. If uh, manners maketh man, the the lines maketh the player, don't they? Uh, absolutely, know. absolutely. So it was. That that was probably in terms of uh, Jira's uh, first hit out with us. I, I yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with the. He, uh, I, I, he just looked at he looked a bit at sea. I will say, in his second stint, there was a bit of hustle defensively. He had a couple of nice uh, tackles on the goal line, but um, I, I do think that if you're going to talk about back rowers, uh, Matt Dury was solid, but Tony Mattaelli, who you already talked about, sixties, he was really the star today. Came on uh, late in the first half was just punching it through. He got hammered at one point and just got bounced up straight away, no dramas. Uh, ended up powering out 142 metres off just 13 carries. Uh, he's only been credited with one tackle break, but that might be a bit stingy on him because he had a nice little half break at one point where I thought he might have beaten a couple of tackles. Uh, looked very, very strong. Uh, looked physically more than up for the standard of what, we, what we'd what probably call like uh, high reserve grade because with all the uh, extra sort of first graders in there, that sort of boosted the standard just a little bit more than above a normal reserve grade game. So he looked very good. Very happy to see that. Um, and, you know, I don't know what it means for his contract status this year because I believe he's still on a development deal. But these are the sort of performances that make you think that perhaps a, a pre-round one upgrade could be coming because you'd want the flexibility to play him before halfway through the season. What was his post-contact metres? Uh, 75 of his 142 metres, right. so very impressive yeah. right there. And that really, th those numbers played to the eye test there, don't they, 60s? Because he yeah. was very strong. Yeah, that was that was why I honed in on that particular stat, because that eye, the as you said, the eye test was 
saying that he was making a lot of metres after contact. And look, I guess the thing is that with him being on a development contract and not being able to play till round 10, you've raised that possibility of could he get an upgrade before then. Let's say that he doesn't. Do you now have Matt Dury ahead of uh, Jeremiah oh, yeah. Sia? Yeah, I, I, I think... Uh, Dory, who was, you know, he wasn't incredible, but he just did his job and had that nice uh, setup for the second Zaxini try. Uh, I think that has put him back in front. And if I was doing Team West Tuesday on a Saturday, I would have him starting against the Knights next week. Yeah, it, it's... The, 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 question <laughs> for, the question, I think, for Jira now is, can he bounce back enough next week to uh, force his way onto the bench in first grade? Because... You know, there, there are I've, I have two bench spots available. I don't know about you, 60s. Well, sorry, I had three bench spots available now because initially it was two. I had uh, Jack Murchie penciled in for one. Ryan Madison not eligible for selection in round one, which leaves, left you with three more. But I had the uh, quote-unquote loser of that starting right edge battle between Dury and Momosia on the bench. But he's going to need to show something next week, I think, to, to lock in that spot on the interchange. You would imagine that both are going to get their run in the match next week because it's probably, as, as we're alluding to at the moment, you've probably got Dury ahead of him. It's But it's been that fascinating battle during the preseason because, as I've indicated in the posts, that Dury had the early running and then Momosia really was performing strongly in the opposed sessions in more recent weeks and earned that starting role tonight, but I, I guess that sort of fits in with a that that little bit of the seesawing battle yeah. between the two of them that's continued on tonight in the first trial. And it really, I think it does come down to next week, what both of them show. So the ball's in the, in the court of each player. And really, when you come down to the, the form, if... If one or the other doesn't step up, maybe maybe one or the other also misses out on a bench spot. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. You're going to need to see good performances from both players next week to lock them both in for round one. Obviously, pending any injuries, which you don't want to see. Uh, but you know, and it's a little things for Jira too, because we'll talk about Hodgson briefly in a moment. But the effort he had, or the lack of effort he had, running his decoy in that moment is what allowed that intercept to be so easy for Penrith. There was literally no doubt where that pass was going because Momosia yeah. was a metre and a half short of where he needed to be running that decoy to sell the short option. And it allowed, yes. that, allowed that intercept to just be read so easy. The ball was always going to Sini and only Sini, uh, Sini sorry. Uh, and, you know, I suppose the, the silver line from that was what an effort from Matty Komalafi there. He was committed to yeah. the, the forward play there moving forwards and he managed to flip his hips and somehow nearly gunned down his opposite. Uh, so yeah. absolutely insane, yeah. insane effort there. And I want to come back to what you said before about the the runner making the, the ball player because that also plays into that where, in this instance, it was Hodgson throwing the intercept pass and it, it looked like a telegraphed intercept pass, didn't it? But yeah. you've picked up the, the nuance there of the decoy runner selling to the defense the the potential that he goes short he didn't he didn't sell that and so the the big play was that intercept now the intercept basically had to be had to be taken because Talk, if he doesn't go the intercept it's a try like if he just, yeah 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 if he stands back on his line and waits for the pass to be thrown it's try time to Zaxini. So, uh, again, that was part of – look, I thought there was a couple of times that Hodgson overplayed his hand just a little bit. And, again, I keep coming down to I just didn't like what the ball runners were doing around our ball players yep. as well. Yep. Um, no, question, no question that we played slower than we should have. No question that the halves had a lot to do with that. But again, I don't think they were helped in that in that first period by the runs that were taken. Um, and look, that that's really where they 
they are outgunned us with that enthusiasm, that pace that the Panthers are renowned for playing at. So can we get to maybe the players that didn't do themselves any harm at all tonight? Someone and, and there were, despite, a, I know we sound a bit negative in this instant reaction review for a trial, but there were players that enhanced their stock 60s. And actually, now I look back at it, probably more than I initially anticipated, uh, I suppose we, yeah. we start with Sean Russell, uh, who working as what looks to be now the deputy fullback in the club. I'm just looking at the sort of depth options there. I think he's going to be the number one or technically number two, number two guy behind Quinton Gufferson. He went for 20 runs, 211 metres, uh, 72 post contact, a couple of tackle breaks, some nice involvements in the back line. In a game where he wasn't exactly getting put in positions to dominate offensively, uh, but he kept... Yeah, those, those metres, they were what I call those dirty yeah, metres. Yeah, the tough ones, exactly, exactly. Um, but he kept himself involved, uh, was quite tidy at the back by and large, except for that opening try to Luke Summerton where uh, he was the final player to miss the tackle. Um, but after that, he just bounced back and looked really polished. Yeah, so he's... I have him penciled in in that first team, but I'm not sure where he's going to play because it has a lot to do with what players Fitness are fit and able players. to be selected whether he ends up playing at centre, whether he ends up playing on the wing, uh, whether, whether he ends up with, if if certain players are available, maybe BA doesn't go with him in the first grade team. It's I mean, difficult, to, difficult all... to say without knowing exactly what's happening with players that are coming back from injury whether and whether BA wants to select them in the first game of the year. He's also assuming you'd back your bench to be able to run free forwards deep a very tempting option to be that utility back off the bench, given that you can just plug in across fullback, centre wing, and, you know, when, when in case of emergency situations. But, yeah, I, I think right now, like you said, he's, he's in the box seat to compete for that wing or centre spot in first grade in round one. Uh, but he certainly didn't do himself any harm there. And he'll be, uh, you know, knock on wood uh, with Quentin Gufferson's health, but he looks like he'll be the deputy fullback moving forwards, which I do like to see. It's his position as a junior. Uh, but obviously in first grade, he had his pathway blocked there and has had to transition to wing and centre. He's done a good job there, but yeah, he had a good game. And I think um, in the back line, honestly, I wasn't too disappointed with any of the backs. Um, we talked about Matty Komalafi. I loved his effort. He had some tough... The, the metres don't look that great on paper, 10 runs for just under 100 metres, uh, but he worked hard for those metres, had some great off-the-ball efforts. We talked about that intercept where he nearly ran down uh, the Penrith player. Uh, Samuel Loizu, again, probably... Uh, Starved of quality ball in a game where our halves just couldn't quite get the ball to the edges cleanly, but he made his tackles and had a couple of runs. Zach Sini, very good, bagged the double. I mean, he looked like the player we were watching last year. Uh, and I think, I wrote about it at the 60s and what to watch in this game, but you know, there's obviously a, an opportunity to replace a player like Tom Opachik in our system, being that sort of backup centre utility guy. And uh, Sini and Russell, probably the two that have put their hat into the ring the best so far. Yeah, and when I'm going to talk about players that haven't done their stocks any damage at all, there's a part of me as well that's going to be referring to this from the perspective of even uh, New South, at New South Wales Cup level yep. that they haven't done their stocks any damage because I think there were you know maybe some players that uh, didn't perform as well as they should have even for a New South Wales Cup standard game. Um, so, yeah, looking at – and I want to – focus on the positive far more than the negative because it is a trial and we want to acknowledge the blokes that did a, a you know had a, a real decent crack tonight so look I thought that uh, I agree with you about Sini what he has is a, an outstanding ability to beat that first offender one on one yeah he's it's some combination of a uh, great balance and really good short area footwork. Like he, he, his footwork just before and through contact puts him in that really awkward spot to tackle, at least for the, for the first defender. And he so often beats that man. He's been credited with nine tackle breaks, 60s, in his 130 metres, uh, right. which is not surprising given some of the numbers we saw last year in Cup where he would just have uh, insane tackle break numbers. Um, but yeah, he looks like he's in good form in good shape, and, and he's a player that we sort of earmarked last year as one to watch in 2023, and the Parramatta Eels do have a stacked back line when everyone's healthy, but maybe opportunity might come to any this year, and I think he'll do a good job. I did mention that for some opposed sessions during the preseason, 
he was filling in at fullback. Yep. Now, that also had a lot to do with the fact that you had Sean Russell playing in the NRL team, either on the wing or at centre. So there was a, a vacant fullback spot in the New South Wales Cup team during that opposed work. So, uh, But as soon as we, we were down to this match preparation, well, he's back to centre. So I'm not sure where he's going to be named. And obviously what ends up happening with Sean Russell may yet dictate what happens there. But uh, just moving on, massive shout-out to Jaden Yates. Yeah, well, injury can often lead to opportunity. And when Hodjo came off for his sort of mandated 20, 30 minutes there, they bring in Mitch Rain, and unfortunately got his head in the wrong spot in the first tackle I think he made, or just about, and got uh, understandably caught off due to the concussion protocol. Jaden comes in, and he didn't put a foot wrong 60s. Uh, I think he, they've credited him for about 38 tackles, one missed, one ineffective, so fantastic defensive efficiency and involvement. Uh, he didn't get a chance to run the ball a lot, but his service was clean, uh, made his tackles, it's everything you want to see from a tough young hooker. What he proved tonight, because he played pretty much around about, it must have been close to 60 minutes. Can you confirm that? On he, the, has been on the he hasn't been credited with any minutes because the they've got all the other stats, but their minutes played is just the starting 13 of all played 80 minutes and no one else played any minutes uh, uh, right now. Uh, but uh, I would have him down for very comfortably uh, 50 minutes, I think. Very comfortably, maybe maybe more. Yeah, I thought it was close to sixty minutes because Hodgson came off pretty much after that intercept was thrown. Yep, and Mitch then, Rain lasted all of about a minute or two when he came on. Yeah, so probably fifty-five and then it minutes was thereabouts. Yates. Yeah, yeah. So in, I, in what you in actually testing saw conditions. there was what you yeah. Given those conditions tonight, what you saw there was the benefit of his level of fitness, and I've written about that in the pre-season training reports that, well, I gave him the award for the best conditioned player out out there at uh, Kellyville. And I think that a performance like that tonight shows the benefit of being ultra fit like he is. Yep. He put himself in the best possible shape to be able to play minutes in those sort of conditions and to... He was going as strongly at the end as he was when he first came on. It, it's a sort of performance 60s that, you know, no disrespect to Mitch Rain, who we know can be a quality dummy half, but it really has me wanting him to be the number two option uh, at the club, which means he'll be starting in reserve grade because there's upside there to tap into. Uh, and, you know, Rain can still be caught on to play in a role when needed as the uh, bench hooker from, um, from the New South Wales Cup. But surely you want to give Yates a chance to take the, part, you know, pardon the pun, the reins and, you know, see how far he can go. Yeah, well, the player that was missing tonight was Brendan Hands. Uh, he's has uh, He picked up a, a little bit of an injury during the preseason, so he wasn't available. Yeah, well, the Eels named, named 28 players for this game, but they ended up only using 22 or 23, didn't they? So it was yeah. a, a much more restricted team, uh, which, you know, probably it, do, it doesn't account for being that rusty, but explains why the, some of the boys might have been a bit gassed getting more minutes than they would have otherwise expected. Yeah, so um, who else? That uh, I, Look, I thought that um, uh, Makahesi Makatoa Very didn't solid. do his yeah. bench claims any no, harm. I'd say he's the one that probably uh, put forward the best case because Kai Rodwell and Ogden didn't start as strongly as I would have hoped. Wiener Greg had some nice carries later in the game, but obviously had that terrible pass that led to the try on the first half. So... Yeah, no, no one really dominated their claim for that bench spot, but there's still time to do so next week. Uh, one player who we all got to see a very brief glimpse of, um, and I hope it was due to just being that pivot sort of rotation player with all the other senior players coming back in, uh, but Jonte Jr. Beth and was shot out of a cannon 60s. He had one absolutely massive run, and then uh, sort of we didn't really see him after that. So hopefully it wasn't an injury. It was just a case of him being a, a quick rotation player to get the likes of... Mamacia and uh, Rodwell and Ogden back into the mix. But, yeah, I really liked what I saw from Jonte in that one run, uh, but need to see some more of it next week. Yeah, mate, as one of the local juniors coming through in that same age group as uh, Will and Jake and Sean and Tony Mattielli. Had and some bad luck of injuries. Uh, had, yeah, but uh, the big hyphen, as we like to call him, he's... Um, he, he, 
certainly made an impression with that first set that he was on and that first carry. He's he's had a very solid preseason. I was glad to see him get a little bit of match time. I would have liked to have seen him get a little bit it, more. It is worth also mentioning that he did play prior to the game that we saw televised with the Eels winning in the untelevised sort of, not unscripted, but not necessarily well-publicised uh, reserve, reserve grade trial. And I believe Jaden Yates played in that as well. Yes, which adds even more uh, credence to his fitness levels that you sort of have touted so highly, 60s. The fact that he would have played the majority of the minutes in that game at dummy half and then backed up into the majority of minutes in a, a very high pace uh, testing conditions game against Penrith. Yeah, we had our correspondent out there sending through the details. We didn't have a team list that he was able to work off, but he did pick up that Yates was playing out there. Uh, there was a, a couple of others that he also picked up there, but uh, that was a, a fairly solid win to the Eels in that trial that was a combination of Jersey Flegg and New South Wales Cup players. We had a score update blog on TCT, uh, courtesy of our correspondent there. Uh, but... Yeah, it was, look, let's just, I, I guess if we wrap this up, we say there were, we don't we don't pay too much attention to a trial. However, there were some disappointments in the, in the manner in which we play. We would have liked to have seen a, a lot more spark in attack. Um, we would have liked, certainly, and by that I mean the pace at which we played in our attack we would have liked to have seen a couple of our big guns perform a little bit better. But again, that was the first hit out. Onwards and upwards to next week, mate. Outside of that. Yeah, it's also a reminder that Penrith's reserve grade system is very good. They've got plenty of talented young players in the mix. And the Eels, yeah, still, I mean, the scoreline, probably a fair reflection in the end of how close the contest was when you bear in mind how poor the Eels were at taking their opportunities. Plenty to work on, no injuries. Uh, that is really as good as it gets for a trial. Yes, you can have big wins and you can be pumped about that, but when you get out of it with your senior players not getting hurt, your young prospects ready to go next week, you're happy. And we uh, move onwards and upwards to Newcastle and the Central Coast game that we're going to play against them to round out our preseason. But before we uh, sign off, 60s, let's just power through the other five games that took place today because, like I said, it was the superest of Super Saturdays with the All-Stars game, the junior reps, and the NRL, and then the, uh, I suppose, like I said, the reserve, reserve grade trial, all happening. Uh, I'm going to. And the development squads. And the development game. squads, who uh, the last I'd heard was that we'd wrapped up the uh, game against the Roosters in the 16s. I don't know if you've got any updates on the other games played there. Uh, no, it was only the. Oh, just I'm the only game? aware of the 16s. Um, if there were other games, I'm not aware of them at this stage. Uh, Apologise to people on that, but. Uh, we did get a final score through, which was the Eels winning that game against the Roosters, six tries to two. A very, they were very happy with the improved physicality of the 16s in that game. The last time the 16s had a development game, they were split into two squads, and uh, we had uh, one playing the week before against Penrith. They scored a win. The second team played the following week against Manly, had a loss in that game. It's uh, so we we don't we're not able really to give any details on try scorers or anything like that at this stage. But as you said, there were plenty of other eels in action across the weekend. The three junior rep games today, mate. What were your uh, very quickly if you can give the results of those games and and your takes on the matches? Yeah. So Parramatta walked away if the. I wouldn't call it the clean sweep in terms of the opponents because we played two different clubs, but they got all three wins, uh, starting with the Tasha Gale, which kicked off in the morning at 10 o'clock. Eels coming back from an 8-0 deficit at Oranges to win 16-8. to Caitlin Pearden, Alicia Bell, Ashley Pottinger scoring for the Blonde Gold. Bell going two from three off the tee. Uh, remains an absolute sharpshooter. The one she missed was a, a tough one too. Uh, but yeah, this this was a, a tough game, 60s. We were very out of sorts in the first half. Uh, looked like Manly were going to steal the win from us uh, on the back of all our errors. But in the second half, I'll tell you what, you talk about forwards laying a platform. Uh, Liana, I believe it is, Dimmick, wow. She came in and just turned the tides, absolutely steamrolled 
the Manly Seagulls through the middle, sort of put the team on her back and they came with her uh, and they end up running down them with 16 unanswered points. The only real concern we have out of this game, 60s, unfortunately, is a shoulder injury to uh, gun young halfback Talara Bamblett. She departed from the field late in the game uh, carrying that right shoulder, I think, so hopefully she's okay. Uh, but it must be said that on the flip side, Manly, wow, they had some attrition to deal with in this game. Oh, and it was, I must admit, it was a little bit distressing to see because a couple of their girls looked like they copped nasty injuries, really nasty injuries. And when we say nasty injuries, I'm talking about um, maybe significant knee injuries, maybe an arm or a shoulder injury that was uh, very, very painful for the young lady. It was, that had a lot to do as well with the physicality. Yeah, yeah, it was a tough game. The girls, yeah, the... uh, the, the Parramatta girls played with nothing. There was nothing untoward. It was just... Yeah, strong big, runs, strong hits, con- exactly. Um, yeah. I thought I thought Kalisi Mahe was very good on the edge as well. Um, and yeah, just as, as frustrating as that first half was, it was very good to see the girls dig deep at halftime, come out, play for a bit of aggression and take that game away from Manly. Importantly, get it some- was a, It was literally the game of two halves, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, the quintessential game of two halves, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but importantly, gets them on the board in the uh, Tasha Gal. We always speak about how critical it is to post early points in that chase of the finals because you can find yourself so far behind the eight ball if you lose your first two games. Yes. And, uh, mate, and speaking of that, it looked like the <laughs> Harold Matts were about to face oh. two uh, consecutive losses to start the season. It, it, it was very much looking like that. Uh, but uh, last gasps try to Lorima Rokasuka, winning today for the Parramatta Eels in the Harold Matthews, posting their first win of the season like their cohorts in the Tasha Gale. 20 points to 18. This one kicked off at 11.30, I believe, uh, but it was real touch and go because of all the stoppages in the Tasha Gale. Uh, but we had Talatina, Lorenzo Talatina, sorry, opening the scoring with Dom Ferruja and Zaydis Mwanga Tutia also scoring alongside that Rokasuka match winner. Uh, Dom going two from four off the kicking tee. And then on the flip side, you had Malik Amin, James Safi, and Sotela, Sotila Fatui. Sorry if I heard that wrong. Uh, with Alex uh, Conti going three from three for the Balmain Tigers. They had a, a, they're saying they had a player sin bin 60s. I do not remember the referee indicating a sin bin. No, I, I don't remember that. 50th, either, 50th minute, they've got it credited as uh, Hayden Elkris getting binned. But I do not remember a player getting walked off. Uh, but yeah, no. th- this was a game where we were just sitting there grumbling because again, again, the boys were the much better team in the general exchanges of play, but a string of unforced errors, poor options, and you know just sort of self-inflicted wounds had the Tigers in the box seat to win this uh, before I came home with the wet sail and that Rokasuka try in the right corner with just some really crisp backline movement. Uh, putting him over, stealing that. It, it feels weird to say they stole the win because they were the better team, but they stole the win. Yeah. I like that terminology you've used there, the self-inflicted wounds, because I think that, that really does sum up the litany of um, poor discipline, you'd have to say, whether it's giving away penalties, whether it's taking the wrong options, whether it's just incomplete sets. There was a litany of them today, and... To score with forty seconds left on the clock, and it was don't get me wrong, there was nothing, there was no fluke about that last try. It was good, positive shift of the ball wide. Yeah, they knew it. what they were going for. They executed. They got it there. But my goodness, <laughs> I, I, they had to go the length of the field within that sequence of play, didn't they? Because they they. Got the ball, I think, with about two and a half minutes to go down yep. at their end of the field. Correct. Uh, had a repeat set, and on the back of that, were able to launch an attack within the quarter. But it could so easily have gone wrong, like it did so often throughout the game, and that wouldn't have surprised at all. It was an- and it's. Instead, they executed as well as they possibly could in the last play of the nice, game. Nice bit of redemption too for young Lorima Rokasuka, who had a couple of tough drops. We were talking about those self-inflicted wounds. He had some uh, drops sort of carting the ball back out of our half, which certainly didn't help the cause, but he kept his head up high and finished off the game to win it. Um, Jordan Utah, outstanding here, 60s. He had just a relentless engine through the middle, 
Um, I thought that Tito Sangalang, also good in the middle. Uh, Zadis Moonga Tutia uh, is the world's tallest dummy half, it feels like, but geez, he's got some class touches there. Uh, he set up a try for Dom Farouge. I think it might have been Dom's second. No, Dom's second. Dom's only try, what am I saying? Uh, where he just was we- he, he ran the ball and then just weaved in and out and linked up down the left. Uh, very, very good. And yeah, it just playing without a young Ocean Vivella, who was very good last week. Um, it was good to see him, you know, sort of grasp the victory from the jaws of defeat. Uh, but, geez, if they can just polish up their gameplay, they're going to be a good team. But that's a big if. Yeah, yeah. But they've got that first win on the board and for the season. Sometimes that's all you they, need. That's, that's all that counts at this stage. They can build up their form as the season goes on. They've just got to get make sure if they've got the chance to get the win that they get it. They didn't take the chance last week. They did this week. Yep. So credit to them there. Uh, but you now move on to the SG ball because they've now started the season with two victories. Mm-hmm. And again, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect. Their discipline wasn't exactly what it needed to be. But in the end, they came from behind. They, they were behind for most of the first half. Uh, but it was probably a reasonably convincing victory that they were able to register against the uh, Balmain Tigers. Yeah, 28 to 10, by far and away the most comfortable scoreline of the day across all the grades, whether it was um, senior or junior. Um, I do have some conflicting try scorers of what New South Wales Rugby League is reporting, so I don't know if I was just cooked in the sun or they've got it wrong. Um, I had Cody Parry opening the scoring for the Eels en route to a hat-trick, uh, backing up from a double hattie last week against the Roosters. Um, and that, I also had uh, Saxon Pryke finishing the scoring because I thought it was number 11 that cross, not number 13. They got Charlie Geimer there. But meanwhile, otherwise, we had Patrick Spence with a cracking interception try. Uh, Cody Parry, as I mentioned, did get at least a double, um, but I had him down for a hattie. And Matty Arthur also jumping over from short range. Uh, Josh Lynn, tough day off the tee. He was two from six. It must be said that the wind was kicking up uh, from some wide angles for him when he was striking the ball. On the flip side, you had Jonathan Ibrahim and Keenan Lowendos scoring for the Tigers. Oliver Laurie adding the lone conversion. And yeah, uh, th- this was a game where there was a, a passage of play where poor, uh, poor LeBron Tuala, who we, we do have high hopes for in the long term, but uh, he just got absolutely gassed in the sun and just had a string of errors where I think it might have been three in a row before he managed to get a couple back in defense um, and end up making it probably like a net minus one or minus two on the sort of errors list, but yeah, he had his struggles there, but the Eels dug deep um, and managed to run away with the win in the back end of the game. Yeah, I think in terms of LeBron, he's he had a, an injury during the preseason. He he looks he looks very much underdone, doesn't he? Yeah, he def- it's one of those ones where once you get the game time into him and he gets back to being proper match fit, I'm expecting some good things from him. And you can see it because his early touches have been fantastic. Like, he, he is, you know, dominating the defensive line of his carries, but then he's just struggling for that match fitness. Yeah, and today was uh, an improvement on what we saw last week from him. You talked about the dominant carries, and he was able to do that, but uh, we've just got to... They've just got to get his uh, conditioning a little bit better. Mind you, today, like, you couldn't be critical of any player who was feeling the... Oh, my goodness. That the especially, in the, especially in this I, game. I felt, I felt sick sitting there watching the game in the sun. I, goodness knows how bad some of those players must have felt running around because uh, certainly those those jerseys aren't really uh, forgiving, no, are they? And when, it's, <laughs> when it's touching 40, if not a cloud in the sky, you're going to be feeling the heat quite literally. They did have drinks breaks in this game, but still... You know, that only helps so much. Um, yeah, but the big concern out of this game, 60s, uh, young Richard Penasini, he got hurt early on, which is what threw uh, Paddy Spence into the game, who made that sensational intercept try, which uh, was very, very important in the context of the game at the moment. But, yeah, obviously hoping that... Well, wasn't, Richard... it, wasn't it sensational? Uh, for, for people that aren't, aren't aware of Pat, now Pat is a, a back... He primarily played fullback, but I was speaking to his father today, and he had played at centre in uh, schoolboys' championship. So he wasn't completely 
at um, sea. a novice to the centre position. But here's the big thing. Pat's put on about eight kilograms in the off-season to convert to a dummy half. So he's, uh, he's a completely different body shape to what he was when he was playing yeah. at fullback. And he had to run about 80 metres. Easy 80 plus. Run. And he didn't get the clean break too off the intercept because it was a tip ball. He had to fend off the two players that were then defenders uh, on the turn of possession. And he got over halfway and you could see, I think it was Josh Lynn that pushed up in support. And it, w- it was a not, not a, like a long pass, but he had to weigh up where he wanted to throw the, the whitish pass back inside. And <laughs> he committed to the run and managed to high step for the ankle tap and, and score a huge try. So he was absolutely cooked after I don't blame him. But I think uh, he I think he, there was one defender he might have had to beat him about three times in the run. Yeah. But he's but yeah, the uh, the Tigers defense was in the end they was they were unsure whether he was gonna throw the pass <laughs> on. So there, there was a bloke that was trying to position him a chaser was trying to position himself between Pat and uh, Josh Lynn to try to knock down any pass. And what he didn't realise was he'd left just enough opportunity yep. for, for Pat to, to go, clear. well, you know, I can actually, I've got enough of a gap on him for yeah. where he's positioned himself that I can get there. And uh, that's where he, he really put the foot down and, and went for the try himself. So, yeah, it was a great result for Pat. And he didn't get any game time last week because uh, they had uh, – Matt Arthur played the full game out of dummy half, as he did today. So he's got that versatility, Pat, to be on the bench and can probably cover a A couple of positions in the back line, a couple of positions in the forwards now with the the build that he has. Yeah, he can probably play that small ball lock forward as well. So, yeah, good good game from Paddy Spence. Uh, We saw outside of one moment where he pushed a pass, I thought Ethan Sanders really showed... He's a class above this grade. He was threatening with every every sorry carry he had uh, playing on the edge. Uh, I thought Devontae Vivella was very strong on both sides of the ball. 60s, he set the tone a couple of times with some good hits and some good carries. Uh, in the front row, I mean, Sam Torvati, we always speak highly of him. And there's a good reason for it. He is an absolute beast out there. Another good game from him. Saxon Pryke made a great return to the grade, started on the edge, played in the middle at times too. Uh, end up, well, I, I had him down for the final try, so we have to wait and see if that gets revised. But I thought he was very good. Uh, and then on the bench, uh, Seb Piercure, I thought he was outstanding. Um, strong runs, good defense, just a great game off the interchange. He played some big minutes too in those testing conditions, and I thought he was really one of the pick players there. And I was also pleased for the not just the minutes that he played, but the way that uh, Raf Destratus played when he came late, in. Late inclusion because his twin brother Dom had a banged-up sternum, I think, and he did it. I mean, we, we always speak highly of the, both of the Stratus boys because they're fantastic young men and very good young players too. And it's no surprise that Raf comes in and does the job, is it? No, no surprise at all. And uh, he pretty much did the job that Dom was able to do when he was on the field last week because Dom was one of the better players on the field. He's just got a great motor that just goes all game. And from the time that he came on, Raf played a very similar style of game to his twin brother. So uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of positives out of the game, but discipline still has to be better. We gave away too many penalties. A lot of penalties, yeah. And and in saying that, this is a game where we were sitting there saying, you know what, I thought the ref was caught a pretty solid game. And there was yes. still a lot of penalties there. So um, I think, uh, if I recall correctly, Will Lewis might be in a bit of trouble with the judiciary. Uh, there was a shot that was late. Uh, and uh, maybe a fraction higher, so we have to wait and see if he gets charged of anything there. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, you go, you come away with that game worried about uh, Richard Penasini's health. Hopefully nothing too serious because a uh, very, very talented young player there. Fantastic yeah. young man too. Obviously, you want to see him back in action ASAP. Uh, but Cody Perry continues to add to his try-scoring tally. He's got plenty of meat pies to name in just two games. And for, by and large, the Eels looking pretty solid. Yeah, and it's... At this stage, you can't do too much more than be on four competition points yep. after two rounds, and that's what they've managed after to do. A, so. a tough road trip to the Central Coast against the Roosters and then playing at home under some of the most challenging conditions you're going to get all year. So two from two, great start from the SG ball, plenty to work on still, but a good platform to launch into the mid-season now. And we'll quickly wrap it up, 60s. I'm going to be honest, the, I, we missed the the uh, ladies, Indigenous and Maori All-Stars game because it closed, uh, clashed sorry, with the SG ball. We did catch some of it on the live stream that I had playing at halftime. 
uh, but uh, we couldn't get home in time to finish that. But the Maori All-Stars did win 16-12 in a very close game, uh, which notably featured Zoe Faye scoring a double, and no surprise to us, given that we're massive fans of her, but Gail Broughton bringing home the player of the match medal. Yes, so I've got that on record. So I'm looking forward to watching that later tonight. And uh, it, look, I think it's been that was a fine reward for a group of players from the Eels that I'm surprised didn't get recognition in any of the uh, World Cup teams at the end of last year. Yeah, because we, we obviously we spoke about Gail uh, personally standing down because she wanted to take the place of another player who she felt had earned felt had earned it more due to their time in the code, but. That, that doesn't really explain why some of the other reels are overlooked, does it? So good to see them shining on the representative stage. And like we said, no surprises that Gale took home the player of the match and that Zali Faye touched down for a couple of tries while Ash Quinlan and Brooke Anderson also had some quality involvements there too. And the final game that followed that uh, with the uh, men's Indigenous and Maori All-Stars game where we got the uh, result flipped over with the Indigenous All-Stars winning in a high-scoring but close game, 28-24. to uh, Notably, we, we spoke about this uh, prior, but you know, we had Jermaine Hopgood starting at lock forward. He actually played a pretty good game there. Uh, top the tackle count, 45 tackles, uh, over 100 metres, got a few offloads away and a few tackle breaks, so no surprises there. He's been one of the stars of the preseason. Uh, and then a shout-out, obviously, to Zach Dockerquay, 260s, who opened the scoring in the second minute. Yeah, good to see Zach having this late success in yeah. his career. Putting, putting it all together it, and making a bit of an NRL career. Yeah, so... Obviously, a bit of disclosure there in that uh, Zach and his family attended the school that I was teaching at. So, uh, that wonderful family. It, it, it didn't quite happen for him at Parramatta. didn't quite happen for him at Penrith. Uh, didn't quite happen for him at the Cowboys. didn't quite happen for him at the West Tigers from, uh, from memory. But now, at the, uh, at the Bulldogs, he's had his first grade debut. And now he's uh, been able to star in the uh, All-Stars game. So, yeah, full credit to him. He's, he's done well. Yes. Uh, so good to see him, like we said, on the representative stage scoring a try. And, yeah, Jermaine Hopgood, no surprises. 60s, good performance from him. Uh, and I believe he got through this one uninjured. So we're going to see him in action next week against the Newcastle Knights. Um, but, yeah, that rounds out the Mammoth action of uh, – or Mammoth Saturday full of football action, sorry – with the Eels uh, taking all the wins in the junior grades um, and being pipped by the Panthers in the NRL trial. But thankfully, no major injuries report of outside of uh, that Will Penasini, uh, sorry, Will Penasini, Richard Penasini injury that we have to chase up and see how he's going. Uh, Mate, can I can I give a shout-out? And Tyra Bamber too, to sorry. Bel- to the Balmain trainer in the Harold Mats today. <laughs> who, who did an outstanding job at captaining... Their team. He did an outstanding job at issuing instructions to the match officials. <laughs> uh, it was he, he probably he might have done more match minutes on the field than uh, some of the replacement players yeah, so, that came on. So we, was, we had a case of an Alfie Langer happening out there where the trainer was essentially running the show in the Harold Matthews. And as frustrating as it is for fans of the op- opposing team, where you know clearly it's a rule break having a trainer out there that much running the show, it's also just player, straight up bad for player development on the Balmain side of things. I mean, he was call, he was literally calling them for yeah. what play and yeah. who was to take the run. How, how are your halves going to take a step forwards as the playmakers and controls of the team if you've got a trainer out there calling the shots? Like, and when you see when you see uh, players who are at dummy half and they they wave their arms like they're about to take flight in protest to the referee for a penalty. He was doing that behind the ruck <laughs> more than the Balmain uh, was doing it. He was flapping the arms like, where's the penalty? It was <laughs> it was quite extraordinary to watch. And he was calling out forward pass and offside and all that to the uh, to the match officials. It was it was yeah, it was quite something to watch today. So a shout out to him because it was frustrating, but in the in the long run, he gave us a little bit of entertainment for his time out there on it, the it field. It certainly stings less when you steal the win in the last minute. So yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. say that. We, we can complain a lot less that we uh, recorded the W to the, the column there. But 
Yeah, it was. I'm pleased to report that I got out of that without any major sunburn, sixties, which is a fair effort, I think, considering just how absolutely insane it was out there. But yeah, mate, the old slip slop slap helps. You were covered from head to toe, basically. So it's no surprise that that you got out of it without any sunburn. (laughs) You, uh, all I can report to for our listeners is that you took no risks. No, exactly. Uh, I'm I'm sometimes forgetful when it comes to the sunscreen, but coming in today, knowing how hot it was going to be, it's like no chances. So yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, it was a good crowd out there today. It It was. Uh, you know, and entertaining games of football. So we walked away, uh, maybe a little bit worse for wear for the heat, but uh, happy with three wins. And when we look at the day for the Eels, just the one bit of disappointment with the uh, NRL, well, the first grade trial not performing as we would have liked them to have performed, but it is just a trial game. And uh, I know that's the usual comments when from teams that lose trials <laughs> look in trials they we, we didn't get 50 put on us by the warriors so you know it could be worse uh, <laughs> you know that, that's how it is you, you can't celebrate a trial win too much you can't you know complain or whine too much about a loss you got to look at it for what it is getting through the sort of challenge of finding fitness no injuries getting guys in you know new positions and new structures and while the eels certainly have plenty to improve on Thankfully, there's no major injuries, which means they can move on to the Newcastle trial and really knuckle down ahead of that round one game. Yep. So, mate, we've got great uh, – well, we've got a lot of content coming up on the Cumberland throw in the lead-up to not just the trial this week, but also the that two-week space between the last trial and the first round of the NRL. Stick with us. It's been a massive, massive preseason. We've had – record visits during the January to make it a record January for site visitors. February is well on track. It might even beat the January figure, let alone the best ever February figure. And that's saying something for a month that's only going to be 28 days. So stick with us. Uh, We appreciate your support. We appreciate people jumping on and replying to our posts. And uh, I guess we will... Uh, see people in our podcast later this week. Yes, sir. Catch you guys in the next episode and keep well until then.